0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome first-time listeners to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two aspiring sports journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me is my co-host, Nathan Lannon. How are you doing today, Nate?
1: Uh, it's been busy. Oh my god, it's been busy. but It's been a you know very what? busy day. I'm doing okay. I'm ready to, I'm ready to dive in, man. I, it's been so busy. First off, I want to thank everyone who checked out the first episode
0: of the podcast and gave us feedback on it. If you want to send us any concerns, email the pod at gmail.com. Nate, how did you feel about the pilot?
1: How did I feel about Oh my god. I th- I th- it was exciting. It was exciting. <laughs> um, it was an exciting experience. I didn't really know what was going to happen. I I I just remember seeing it on Spotify and thinking, God, this is cool. We have a podcast. And like, it's on is, Spotify. And it's on Spotify. That's it's insane. That's such a start, you know? And the topic for this episode
0: is going to be an analysis on the off season in general for every single team in the MLB, starting from the west and moving to the east. And I think the only way to really start this podcast off is I think we gotta talk about the World Series champs and how, what they did this off season and yep. to try to combat kind of go
1: back to back yep the rich get richer i mean (laughs) the rich just get richer i mean trevor bauer i mean like they were a world series champion without trevor bauer and to the and to their critics that say oh well it was a 60 game season it was a shortened season Could they have sustained it for a whole season yes they've been to two world series two consecutive world series prior after missing out in 2019 to the nationals and i will say as a mets fan Losing Trevor Bauer pulling a, the ultimate heel turn at the last minute, going to the Dodgers hurts. But I, I I will say, as good as the move looks on paper, there are some question marks. Like he is like he has that he he is the Cy Young winner, but yes, he is. He has the one season, one maybe two seasons of elite production of that high, super high level Cy Young production. He's a solid pitcher otherwise, and and he's, I, think, it's not, I, mean, I don't think he's gonna be bad at all i think he'll i think his the worst he can be is serviceable but either way i still think there's some question marks around Trevor bauer but overall he's a, a great, great pitcher
0: and he does add you know that we talked about last episode about the marketing for the dodgers and he adds that extra aspect of content creation to their yeah to their team and i, I don't know i i feel like he definitely only had that one season, but I could see him repeating, and we already saw a spring training appearance so far, and it looked
1: really yeah. good. He did look pretty good. I I forget who were the they were playing. Oh, the A's, yeah.
0: Yeah, they were playing the A's. Playing the A's. He looked. We'll he did look later. great.
1: He did look great. I I, I will say that. But, they didn't. Um,
0: they didn't do much in the batting department, for, but I don't think that offense really needs anything more yeah. than Cody
1: Bellinger, and I mean
0: Corey Seager, and Mookie they brought. Betts. Just,
1: yeah, they brought Justin Turner back too. I mean, losing Jock Peterson isn't good, but it's not. But that rotation is already, or that batting that batting lineup is already so strong that it really doesn't matter. Like they and, ju- um, they have so much more to refresh it with. They've still got just a murderer's row of stars. They they'll be just fine.
0: And, and I think uh, losing Kike, um, I think he played a pretty good role in the last postseason. He actually had some pretty impact clutch hits, but they have so many prospects coming up the pipeline, especially, I mean, Kike could play it everywhere on the field, which was a definitely a big strong thing for him, but you got second baseman Gavin Lux, who's coming up, and I don't think they're going to really miss Kike over that second. But right. what they did do, which I find kind of funny, is that they had such a great pitching staff, and all they did was improve it. Yeah. They got Bauer, Jimmy Nelson, Tommy Kano, and Brandon Morrow. I'm pretty sure, right. um That off season and and
1: yeah, those were good acquisitions. I think that and they're not as huge names as Bauer, but I still think that just them adding more names onto the pile is gonna help. I think another really good I think something else that's really funny, I think I mentioned this in the last episode too, they are $45 million over the luxury tax. It's that is, crazy. That is nuts. It's nuts. That's nuts. It's disgusting, is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Oh
0: my gosh. And if the Dodgers go on and win this World Series again, I might have to campaign that baseball is a pay-to-win sport. What the heck? Look at these yeah. guys. They're just spending all the time. But I think if we're going to go into people that had a great offseason and the Dodgers had a wonderful offseason, we got to talk about their division rivals at the moment, oh my the San Diego Padres.
1: It I mean. Just bombs away with the moves. Like, talk about trying to win. Yeah. Playing for a ring. They traded for they traded for Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish within 24 hours of each other. And then got like Joe it's, Musgrove also yeah, to that Joe Musgrove rotation that three-team deal with the Mets and Pirates. Like they dropped, like I saw Bleacher, like Bleacher Report dropped them from the number seven farm system to 21 with all the moves they made. Yeah. And the Blake
0: yeah. Snell deal and the U Darvish deal, they gave away four, eight players just on those two players alone. Yeah. So, you know, they and I don't exactly remember. Do you remember how many players were given away for Joe Musgrove? Oh, I know God. Joey Lucchesi, no, but I don't remember yeah. who came from the Mets because I, I know there was players that came from the Mets in that deal. Uh, and I don't know which ones came from the Padres, but I mean, just so many prospects traded away. Yeah. But I don't think they gave away any of their top guys, which is really impressive.
1: They didn't, yeah, that's, uh, I will, I'm going to have to, I'm going to agree with you there that they didn't really, like, give up anything super, super significant for what they got. And not only that, they, re- and something else, I mean, they also re signed Tatis for 14 years, which I think, which larger point, I feel like there needs to be like a term floor yeah. with the MLB because like 14 years is ridiculous. That's that is his entire career, and I haven't seen that the contract has any opt outs. But as but the Padres re-signing him is still a is obviously a great move for them. He's the face of baseball. He's I mean he's certainly playing like it. The Padres are arguably the most marketable team in the league. They had an offseason to prove it. And he's the MLB the Show 21 cover. Exactly, he's like a cover he's, athlete
0: there. Yeah. Um, I it
1: just it's it's just a larger point like with contract length. It's like 14 years is like exorbitant. Like I, even the NHL, like in years past, the the war the absolute most it got was like 13 year contracts, and those were like yeah. Great. And, yeah. and I, to your point, you know, I, it's
0: it's interesting seeing these players sign for those massive deals and and in baseball people just get paid we've mentioned it last episode people right. get paid in baseball um but i think a couple of the moves that i want to mention is that the padres also try to get their bullpen up they got they lost kirby yates mm. um in that offseason who was their closer but in return they signed kiona kella and mark malacon uh, or melanson and i think those are going to be two guys that are really going to help them out um for this postseason run and I think a lot of people aren't going to look at international free agents because they haven't seen them in an mm-hmm. MLB. But Hong Seong Kim from South Korea, uh, he looked like he was a really good bat and he's going to be really good for them for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the one thing the Padres made abundantly clear this offseason by arguably having a better offseason than their division rivals did was that they are coming.
0: Yeah, they're, they are they're coming com- for the Dodgers. They want it. They want the win. They don't yeah. want just the Dodgers. They're coming for
1: the Dodgers. They're coming for the World Series. If this is not an all in push for the Padres, I have no idea what is. And I think is- <laughs> I think if we're gonna talk about two teams that had an amazing
0: uh post or off season from the West Division, we gotta talk about the team that might have had the worst off season. Yeah. Yep. Which is the Colorado Rockies. I mean, trading away your superstar yeah. after signing him for a long-term deal—you know—that's that destroys not...
1: franchise credibility. It's like, I'm sorry, I and to... what
0: was worse about it, honestly, is that they didn't just trade away their franchise player, but they also paid the other team to take him. They paid fifty-one million dollars to the to the St. Louis Cardinals just to get him off the team. It, it,
1: keeping track, God, keeping track of the Rockies was so it was. in in some ways fun this year because it's like are are they even trying like at this point like their front front (laughs) office was horrendous to say the least i think like there there was like i remember seeing i forget who it was i think it was their general manager like apologizing so much in a press conference like i'd fire myself too and it's like why are you even saying that like like you're literally in the position to do something right you're in the position to give your franchise and your regime credibility and you're not it's yeah
0: yeah yeah and we're gonna talk about (laughs) we're gonna talk about different executive positions outing their teams and we're still talking about the west if you guys don't know this podcast is probably going to run uh talking from the west moving towards the east and since we're still talking about the west and talking about teams that are just selling themselves out i mean we got to talk about the seattle mariners and their president just out Outly saying that we're cheapskates, you know, and they don't do anything this off season either. Yeah. Uh, the Rockies, their only move was pretty much Arenado um, trading Arenado away for practically nothing. And, and, the, just, Ro- and the
1: Mariners didn't do anything either. Yeah. I mean, they brought James Paxton back, but that almost feels like a show move. Like, look guys, James Paxton, you guys want to forget where remember, James, James remember say, James pa- he was good. Guys, <laughs> come back. It's okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they also got uh, Ken Giles on a two-year deal, but besides that, they really didn't do anything for for their team to yeah. get any better. And they do have prospects, and they do have a good pipeline. I think they're ranked maybe fourth or fifth in the league in, um, in just... the farm system ratings, yeah. but we'll see
1: exactly what happens with that. Right. I don't even know how you come back to the Mariners as a fan. Like, <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Because they have not... What is their playoff drought out at now? 19 years? And their management are self-admitted cheapskates. Why come back? They're not going to make the playoffs next year. They're not... They don't have any reason to bring fans back. Like, you're openly admitting to the fans you don't care. They, that needs to be met in kind by the fan base. They need to just not... I mean, not that they really have a choice this, this time around, but, like, they need to not support the mariners this is just it's just yeah. sad
0: you want to get a campaign to <laughs> not support the mariners you're turning fans against them and uh, hey you know i mean there's been fan bases before that have uh have definitely put brown paper bags all over their heads yeah going to games i
1: should know i should know <laughs> yeah i should know as a mets fan i should know and you do know you do know what it
0: feels like being a mets <laughs> fan and and that losing process and the brown paper bags but you know right. i think I think I've never had that experience as a Red Sox fan, and last year was really my, last, my first season that I was experienced as a really into it fan, a real big baseball fan, watching my team lose a lot. And I think I, if I was a fan of the Giants or Diamondbacks right now, I wouldn't be too happy about my, my team's off-seasons. Um, only The Giants only getting Tommy LaStella and picking up uh, Aaron Sanchez and Alex Wood isn't really that intriguing to really anybody in that fan base, I don't think. And then the Diamondbacks, right. they literally did nothing. The Diamondbacks got Joaquin Soria and Azdrubal Cabrera, and those were the only moves that they made. And I think they could have been a lot better or do something else. I know Madison Bumgarner had a wonderful game the other day, or I don't even know, was it today? I think yeah. uh, he just had a great appearance for them. But that wraps up the West National League. But I think we do have to talk about... The team that has a big market but didn't do much and don't make the playoffs regardless, even though that they have the goat of baseball, debatable. But the Angels, right? they have all the tools, really, and they didn't go out and get any pitchers, and I think that's what
1: they needed to do. They needed to get out and right. get pitching, and they didn't get any of them. I don't. Re- yeah, I agree. I don't really see any reason why, like the why to think any more of the Angels than last year. I, I think they didn't add anything notable. I mean, they got Jose Iglesias. They lost Simmons, and they got Juan Lagares on a minor and and signs Shohei to a two year. It's like there's not really much to love about the Angels off season. Yeah, there's. I mean, I mean the worst thing is that Mickey Callaway still has a job there, but. That's uh, a discussion yeah. for another time, that's a, really. That's, a, that's neither here nor there. I will say that, like, I, I, I don't know. There's there's not really much intriguing about the Angels offseason. I, I, th- I don't think It's the... just less excusable than a team like the Diamondbacks doing nothing because they have the resources. They've, like, they the Angels had an eventful offseason last offseason. They also whiffed. I also think it's notable that they did whiff on Trevor Bauer. Like, they, they had some key whiffs.
0: And I think that's the way to describe every single American League West team is that it was just a boring offseason for them. The Astros lost Springer, re-signed Brantley. That was pretty much all they did. And the Rangers in Oakland, they didn't really have that many notable things happen. In fact, they just switched players that the Rangers now have Chris Davis and that the Oakland A's are now going to have Elvis Andrews. That's all they really did. And. It wasn't too much. I mean, Oakland probably was the most interesting yeah. as they lost Liam Hendricks.
1: But, I mean, that's being interesting in a negative way. Right. I, I will say, in the, AL, in the AL West, I think... I, I, I will say this for the Astros, that even though their offseason wasn't great or wasn't really that interesting, I think the Astros will take it, considering <laughs> their last offseason was a smoldering, smelly tire fire.
0: It was, I, I definitely, uh, my last offseason as a Red Sox fan was definitely not up to my standards. And uh, I definitely take this off season more. But moving on to the Central Division, as we're talking about a division that really didn't do too much, I think we should move on to the National League Central. Mm. Um, because there were definitely things that happened for every team. And I feel like there's a lot of flip-flopping between players in this division. But... I just don't think that they did anything big. I don't think anything right. major really happened in the in the NL Central besides well, besides Arenado going to the Cardinals. That, that was a that major thing. I mean,
1: the Cubs trading Yu Darvish was big. Mm, you're right about yeah, that. The Cubs trading Yu Darvish was and big. And getting Josh Peterson. Yeah, those are two big moves. But beyond and I guess getting Jake Arrieta back, but beyond that there wasn't really too much in the NL Central. The Reds lost Trevor Bauer, but that was a foregone conclusion. And the Cardinals were getting Arenado was huge. Also, they gave up relatively little, and as you said earlier, the Rockies paid them to take Arenado. <laughs> they they paid them fifty one million to get arguably the best third baseman in baseball.
0: Yeah. So it's it, it, it
1: begs the question to me yeah. to see like
0: or to ask what was wrong with Arenado in the locker room? What right. went wrong?
1: between him and the ownership there were and, there were, i saw there were reports too that was like the atmosphere of the locker room was significantly better when, yes
0: that came from uh kevin yeah. pilar uh mm. in a pre-game or post-game interview uh when nolan arenado went on the il um last season um he was gone for i think about seven games of the season and kevin pilar openly said that the atmosphere was better when uh, when arenado was not in yeah. the locker room for the pre-game people were just happier so I don't know, maybe he just holds them to a standard that a lot of the players don't want to play up to. I, I have no idea because I'm not a Rockies right. aficionado,
1: but I will say that it seems kinda like uh, I, I will say that I, I've seen this before. Like there was this video I saw of Arenado, I forget who he was screaming at. He was screaming at someone on the in the dugout. Mm-hmm. I forget who it was, but only two, one of two things comes to mind there. One that he's like I don't think he's a diva at all. I think that's that word gets thrown out around way too much. Mm-hmm. But that, that's what one thing that can come to mind. And the other thing is that like he's the only one in that locker room that has any urgency, or uh-huh. has any need, or has any desire to win. And I wouldn't blame him in that regard because the Rockies front office doesn't seem like it cares about winning. They were an, a completely uninspiring on the on the diamond products. Like it's just. I, I, it, it's totally understandable why he'd be unhappy, but if if the atmosphere was better when he wasn't around, then that's just then that's a move you have to make. but you can't make it in the way that they did the Rockies did because mm-hmm. they got basically nothing. Right. they pay again, they paid the Cardinals to take him. like it's it's just infuriating, I'm sure if you're a Rockies fan. And for the other side, being a
0: Cardinals fan, you have Arenado, you got, um, you got Wainwright stuff. and yeah. Molina coming back. I know those are fan favorites, and honestly, I couldn't see them playing anywhere else in any other uniform. Right. I think that battery just has to be for the rest of their careers, and I think they have to retire together. Right. I, th- I don't. I can't right. see those two playing anywhere it's else just, any just, other time.
1: It just feels weird seeing them anywhere else. Like, yeah. Like it, they they're just St. Louis Cardinals, and it works, and it's nice. I, I will say that. Like the Cubs and Pirates did. But the Cardinals definitely feel the most impressive team of that division. uh, Which is ironic considering four teams from the NL Central made the playoffs in last year's expanded They all didn't
0: make it past the first round of playoffs last
1: last year. All four teams in that division were surprisingly Mm -hmm. mediocre that made the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I I mean, we gotta move on to, to the Brewers here. Because they're also a contender in my eyes for that. I mean, I feel like... The Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals are have been contenders for that division title like for the past what four or five seasons altogether. Right, yeah. um, but the Brewers picking up JBJ and Colton Wong, um, and I think they just, they, I think they just overall have a decent team. You know they're yeah, they're, they're kind of a dark team. horse all the time. I don't think anybody yeah. ever turns I, it on and be like, I believe in this team yeah. always. But <laughs> I don't. Think... They're always there. They make yeah. it. But that's... I, I, they have such a big defensive improvement i right. think they're they're gonna be pretty yeah. decent in that department um a good they got christian Yelich still and yeah. and this isn't our this isn't our season predictions episode yet but right
1: but i think they do have a, a solid shot right i think the Brewer, i think if any te- other team besides the cardinals makes the playoffs from that division it'll be the Brewers. I don't like... I'm not sure how I feel about the Reds and the, the Co- Pirates. The Pirates? Yeah, the Pirates are not, are not deep- going to do anything. Sad as, as that is, they're not going to do anything. In fact, I think they're we need to discuss... Deep in a tank.
0: The- I think we need to discuss this offseason and just the history of the Pirates to people that don't know. The Pirates, in the past maybe five, six seasons, have just traded away every single star that they draft and or right. that they get. I mean, they this past offseason, they traded away Talian, uh Musgrove, and Bell, just in this offseason. And since 2017, they've gotten 14 prospects from trading away stars like Starling Marte. Um, Before that, there was um, was Andrew McCutcheon. They let go, and then they had Glasnow that they traded. They traded away Garrett Cole. I mean, look at all of these players. And just for what? They haven't shown me anything that they could be a good ball club and this year yeah. they have the lowest payroll they have the lowest payroll right um which is questionably too low at 40 million mm-hmm. but i just don't see them doing anything and i don't see the reds doing anything either after just letting a bunch of players walk such as trevor bauer and mm-hmm. not making any real acquisitions to help their team
1: yeah i don't really see yeah no i don't really see how the reds are going to do anything the cubs did significant bleeding kyle schwarber has gone you darvish is gone I mean, that, Jock, adding Jock Peterson is nice, but it's not going to replace both of them.
0: hmm
1: And the Pirates, yeah, they're, like... You sleep, it, it you're, sleeping,
0: you're sleeping on that Cubs offense?
1: It, I feel like the clock is I ticking. I don't feel I about... I feel like the clock is ticking on the Cubs. Because they've had a... Like, ever since their World Series win, they've had quite a few Bobby years Baez to the And Mountain Bryant Band. and Rizzo. They'll always be good. There have been plenty of trade rumors surrounding Chris Bryant, though. Yeah, I don't and know. And the Cubs haven't done much significant... Even with that core, so and they're only getting older. I feel like the clock's ticking on the Cubs.
0: I mean, they got a ring out of it, so I that guess that is true. I guess at the end of the day, that's that's really the goal that right. Theo had
1: for that yeah. team. At and the end of the day, they ended the curse, so I'm sure their fans will be just fine. But it, it, the clock you is can't ticking be satisfied, on this core. though. You can't be right. satisfied in sports. But to be fair, 108 years is a long, <laughs> long um, drought.
0: I, I know about droughts. I know about droughts. <laughs> yeah um and moving on from our central takes or our national league central takes we're going to be moving into the american league starting off with probably the team that had the most i don't know if they had the most interesting because i think that the royals did a lot but the white Sox um really kicked off the offseason acquiring liam hendricks very early into the uh into the offseason and uh, I think that that was a really good pickup for them, and their team's super young, so they didn't really need to do much besides fine tune a lot of
1: diff- uh, a couple areas. So getting a closer was a good move from them. Right, they they did. Yeah, Liam Hendricks is going to be really nice. They got Lance Lynn too. They did lose out on they did lose James McCann to the Mets, but they, they do have Yasmani Grandal, so they'll most likely be fine. Honestly, I think the White Sox had one of the better off seasons in the AL. However, there's still the question mark that is Tony Larusa. Like, I get Rick Renter. I get people. I, I get Rick Renteria had his problems, but Tony LaRussa, being as old as he is, like he, he was fine, you know, when the game hadn't arguably passed him by. I I don't know what it's hard to get a gauge on the white side. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's been he's been
0: out and he's been out of the game for a bit, and it's hard for us to just go in and make a bunch of assumptions about what he's learned from his time off. But uh, it definitely wasn't. I've, I I. Do believe that there probably were other options out there that could have fit the bill better but i haven't done the research to see who else is available as a coach right but if we're going to be talking about coaches getting hired i think we have to move into the tigers hiring aj hinch after after a year of his suspension from the Astros scandal he finds a job in detroit
1: and uh i don't know what they what did they do in detroit i mean ron gardner retired which was sad but like, they they had a really uneventful offseason. They're still deep, deep in a the tank. They've got... I mean, they signed Robbie Grossman and Nomar Mazzara, but, like... they got Jonathan
0: Scope, too. And yeah. Wilson Ramos. Yeah, those Wilson, are pretty good yeah. veteran
1: players. Yeah, those are decent um, veterans on on small deals. I feel bad for Nomar like,
0: Mazzara. I mean, I yeah. like him as a player, and I like the way he,
1: his swing is. And he's now going to be playing in uh In Detroit, in Detroit. yeah. They're, <laughs> they're not going to do anything for a while. I... I, I think it's going to be a good day when they're good again, though.
0: It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, you got to yeah. remember the days when Miggy was in his prime, and yeah. they had Verlander and that amazing they, pitching they staff. Used,
1: they used to be such a fun team to watch. Were, absolutely, yeah,
0: but absolutely,
1: yeah. Other, other than you know, it's like a status update. Still tanking. We'll let you guys know when we're ready to do something.
0: <laughs> and I think but, I think while we're talking about the Central, we have to talk about the biggest loss. In the Central Division, which is, I think that you would probably want to talk about in yes. a very yes. long matter, but <laughs> keep it short, please. Yes. Um, the Indians trading away Francisco Lindor, their franchise player, to the New York
1: sure. Mets. Go on about it. Why don't you? <laughs> um. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um. I will say, Amon Rosario and Andres Jimenez are good. I I it's it's not like the Indians got absolutely nothing. They didn't get what they did not. I will say they didn't get what Lindora was worth. But like it's it's still it's a Mookie esque trade. Like it, it's it, there's wow. not really much. Wow. Oh come on. Ouch. That there, hurts. There's there's not really much of a reason to trade him other than salary. Like there there really isn't. He's one of he is a arg he's. Arguably a top two shortstop in the game, like he's he's a he's a bona fide superstar, and for his value, the Mets didn't really give up that much. They did give up some prospects. They gave up again Rosario Jimenez, but again, it's I mean this is if if it, this is what puts the Mets over the top. This is what puts any a guy like Lindor is what puts any team over the top. His defensive presence alone is gonna just. But is going to really help the Mets. I I think the Indians are gonna be quite bad next year.
0: And the Indians, you gotta you gotta remember they got a name change. Do we start
1: calling them the Cleveland baseball team a year early? Oh my gosh, please. Please. Yeah. Join join the Washington football team as name redacted teams. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. I'm not Cleveland baseball team. I'm not going to – I don't – I think that topic could be saved for a
0: different podcast, but right. that did happen in the off season. if you were uninformed that the Indians are changing their name. Not this season. This season will be the last season, if I'm correct.
1: Right. That they, they they're going to go by
0: the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, but... that's, that's – that.
1: yeah, they're still going by the Indians, and they're still selling Chief Wahoo and Indians merch, which is in the interim, which, you know, noble, but – it's yeah but also, after
0: this season they will be named the cleveland baseball team unless they do find a brand that they want to go by by
1: 2022 right and also something i forgot to mention was that carlos carrasco that was involved in the Lindor trade he's going mm-hmm. to us too they give up a, vet, a good veteran starter like, a personality, Mets... I think a
0: fan favorite. A lot of fans yeah. of the Indians really enjoyed Carlos Carrasco, and he's had a wonderful story right. coming back from cancer and and being still a really good pitcher. And, and it's, it, I think a new home
1: though is going to fit him well. Oh, for sure. I think he'll be great. I think he'll be fine on the Mets. I think that. Yeah, I think Carrasco will be good on the Mets. Um, if he he is him and Lindor, if the Mets go far, they have the Indians to thank because that trade will have been what put the Mets over the top. But I don't, think, I don't think Cleveland's going to be very good next season. They don't really have a reason to. They traded away their best player. And the
0: Mets did have an amazing off season. But before we can talk about the Mets fully, I think it's important to finish out the AL Central and talk about these Royals and Twins and, and what the
1: Royals really did. Right. They, they, didn't, they didn't do too much of note. They're still a rebuilding team. But it's, they did make some notable moves. Trading for Andrew Benintendi was big. Even if he had a down year in Boston, yeah, but he, did, th- he did. the uh, the Royals gave up Khalil Lee, which yeah, Benintendi right. That's what I Mets, was going to mention is that which, that was a major prospect right. that they gave up in that trade. It's like they're they're betting they're bet. It's not like they're not betting. It's not like it was a low risk buy with Benintendi because they did give up Khalil Lee. But all things considered, I think Benintendi should return to form with the Royals. They also brought back uh, Jorge Soler, signed Carlos Santana to a two year seventeen million dollar deal. And they kept uh, Hunter Dozier and they kept Hunter Dozier and Greg Holland, so they didn't really do too much of note. I like the Carlos weeks.
0: Santana move. I like right. Carlos Santana. I think that he's a really good player. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people look at him a lot and and say that, but I mean, I, I do like his swing path, and I I, I really like um, mm. Carlos Santana. That move is good. And moving on to the Twins, uh, <laughs> I know you have a lot to say about your opinions on the Twins, but what they did do was sign. Uh Anderton Simmons, questionably the best defensive shortstop to ever play the game. Resigned signed uh, Nelson Cruz, uh, Alex Colomb as well, getting into that uh, roster, and J.A. Happ. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your opinions yeah. on the Twins? Yeah,
1: I think the Twins had a good offseason. Okay. I think Yeah. Simmons is a great adding Simmons is a great move. Uh, that like their moves make sense. They are good moves. I just struggle to believe in the Twins at this point. It's hard. I they... just struggle because they have they've been so good. Like their hitting core has been outstanding. Like they are regular season darlings. But every time the postseason comes up, they're they're just they just fail, and it's sad. And I just don't know if I can believe in them this time around. Like I Sim- Simba is big, but I just don't know if I can. I I can't trust the twins. I think I watching that them. them play against the.
0: Uh... Playing against the White Sox this season, how many series, I don't know what they're going to have, but, and I just think that's going to be really fun to watch those teams battle it out for that top spot in the division. And I think you got, you got to start having a little more faith in them. I've had,
1: no, that's the thing. I've had faith in the Twins before. I thought they would do something this postseason. I was wrong. They lost to the sub 500 Astros in a, who were in the midst of a drama filled chaotic season. Yeah, we'll talk about that yes.
0: later in our expanded playoffs conversation. But yes, they did lose in the playoffs to a team with a losing record. Right. That made it to the playoffs in that yeah. 60-game season. But I know... I mean, at
1: least it wasn't the Yankees, right? And at least, at least it, <laughs> it
0: wasn't the yeah, Yankees. At least it wasn't the Yankees. As a Mets fan and as a Red Sox fan, right. we say that proudly as we move on into the AL East Talking in the American League first, we're going to start off with that Yankee team and what they did this offseason. Didn't do too much. Um, they did have some notable moves. In fact, they re signed DJ LeMahieu to a right. six year deal. Brett Gardner's coming back. They got Justin Wilson coming in on a one year deal, I think it is. yeah James Tallien traded from the Pittsburgh Pirates. We mentioned that before. And all they really lost this offseason was Paxton. And, right. you know, the Yankees have been a really good team. Right. They Just won't. plagued by injuries every single season. Right. And, uh,. They're definitely going to be competing this year, as much as I hate
1: to say it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it sucks, but you know, it's the Yankees. I mean, they're they're pretty much i I, they're always good. But well, uh, I mean, not always, but more often than not, they're good. um, Yeah, re signing DJ LeMahieu was big. I think there was like a brief flirtation with the Mets in like one rumor or two for a second, but the Yankees quashed that pretty quickly. Signing Corey Kluber was big. I, I don't think mm. they're gonna feel right. Lo- I forgot yeah. about Corey Kluber. I don't yet. think they're gonna feel the loss of James Paxton too hard, especially because they still have that outstanding bullpen. They still have a great pitching court. This, if they stay healthy, the Yankees should be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. They're I I say they're the World Series favorites in the AL right now. It all things the same, no injuries. They they're how probably many seasons? Fielding.
0: How many seasons have we said that in a row though?
1: That's fair, but like. What? How many seasons, starting seasons, anyway, have teams looked better? You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. On, man. Pa- on paper, the Yankees should have gotten to the World Series. And like. Aaron Judge he his two gaps,
0: tooth gap. So I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's maybe, always good for him. Yeah, maybe that'll, maybe that'll be the spark the Yankees need. And I think <clears> as we talk about
0: the Yankees, we have go straight to the rivals of the Boston Red Sox. And as a Red Sox fan, there was a lot that happened that might not have been talked about a lot, but. So many of those players on that 2018 World Series team isn't on, aren't on the team anymore. Right. We've lost Mitch Moreland this offseason. Just, we don't have... Uh, well, we lost him last season, but right. we don't have Andrew Benintendi anymore. He's gone. JBJ yeah. is gone. That outfield is completely gone. Yeah. Mookie, JBJ, and Benintendi are all gone now. From that Red Sox yeah. lineup. But I don't think they had that terrible of an offseason in fact i think they had a very quiet yet successful offseason picking up uh international star sawamura we did miss out on another japanese international star that decided to opt in to play in japan another year right. um i think he was going to be really good too but it, it's a shame that he didn't want to come play for the Sox. and we also picked up hunter renfro and prospect ronaldo contreras from the um the tampa bay rays Got Garrett Richards for our uh, starting rotation. Franchi Cordero um, is coming over from that Kansas City trade. And we're planning on getting, what, I think it's about four, two players to be named later in that trade alone that they are going to pick from later on. And the other big move, really, to me, is probably Kike Coming from the Dodgers and that's a solid signing.
1: it is, and he's yeah. been good. He's been he's, he's been, been good. good. Longtime Dodger. He's he's a utility guy. That's a good depth signing. That's a really good. That's just that's a really good under the radar signing. And, and also, we talk about
0: depth. We got Marwin Gonzalez, who also plays so many right. different positions on the infield.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think the name of the game for the Red Sox this offseason was depth. They had a ton of good depth signings. They didn't really do anything notable. They didn't do anything super super notable besides yes. a rare trade with the Yankees for Adam Ottavino. Yes, but The rare yeah the rare Sox Yankees trade for Adam Adovino. Adam Ottavino. It's a fun, it's a solid trade. It's I think the Red Sox and had a very, and like, just, I think it's important to say that like just because a team has a quiet offseason doesn't mean it can't be good. I think the Red Sox were the rare example of this this off where they had they had a whole bunch of depth signings. I don't think they're gonna be. Super competitive next year, but they will they won't be as awful as tragic. They were. Yeah, they won't be as tragic, as devastating, as they <laughs> painful. <laughs> they won't be as um, they won't be as yeah. As, I like tragic. They won't be as tragic as they were last season. Bringing back Alex Cora is nice. Oh man, yeah, yeah that was really nice. For Ron reneke wasn't the answer. I th- I had a column about that, but he <laughs> you did yeah, you did have a column, I had a column about, about Ron Renicki not exactly being the answer, but uh i do think bringing back Cora was good even with the science dealing thing i feel like it's it's the best the red sox could have done at that point and even then it's still good
0: mm-hmm. uh, and, and yeah. we you know we got a lot of we gotta we have heim bloom at the wheel and he built the rays and the rays are a very good team we took some players from that rays team and put, brought them into our own but we got to talk about that rays off season we got okay. to talk about after going to the world series <laughs> And now disbanding most of that, well, I guess core pieces of that rotation, Snell and Morden are
1: gone. I, I don't know. I think, the re- I think people overreact when it comes to the Rays. I don't I th- think, I think they I, do. I think I've seen, I've seen a f- quite a few hot takes that they're not going to be good or that they're going to fall apart. I really don't think they will. It, I don't know if they win the division this year, but they're definitely still going to be a wild card team. They still have most losing Morton. And Snell, losing Morton and Snell, losing Morton and Snell is bad, but they did get some solid depth guys in those trade. They got Louis Petino, Cole Wilcox. Like, they'll be okay. I think that I think they'll be okay. They still have Chris Archer. They got Tyler. Gra- they got they still have Tyler Glass now. They still have most of that core. Randy or is good. You know they still they have the best prospect in baseball. A postseason miracle, to be honest. Yeah. I
0: I don't know about Randy Arosarena over a 162 game season because we haven't seen it yet. Right. Uh, so you can't make that judgment call on it. But I don't know. I just don't know if that team is sustainable at the moment. I think their farm system, being that yeah. they are the number one farm system in the MLB, I think that team is going to be really good in the future. And I know they are giving finally giving wander samuel franco yeah. at bats and uh, he's yes. been showing it yes uh, i definitely made a tweet about it and gave my <sighs> take on him i think he's going to be something really special yeah. but i just don't know if this year is going to be their year and i i think that maybe a couple more years uh, I don't to make it back to another uh Competitive team. I think Snell and Morden played a huge role in that playoff roster and seeing right because I mean games are only what you know five game yeah, series no. and you have Snell, Morden, and Glass to face. Those are you know that's a yeah. three headed monster yeah, right that's, there. That's
1: a Hydra. You're not that's that's a scary that's a scary rotation to face. But at the same time, it's not like their everything's just falling apart at the seams. They've they've still got good guys. They've still got a good core. I think a lot of people have questioned the Rays' moves over the past few seasons. I think they've done a lot of stuff that's looked questionable, but they still get stuff done. They still they've still constantly improved throughout this low throughout this iteration of the Rays. And by the way, they still have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think they will be fine. I think that I don't think they make the World Series this year. I do think that Snell, losing Snell and Morton is what isn't going to be able to put them back over the top. But I still think they'll be good. I still think they'll be a competitive team. They'll definitely be a playoff team. I I think
0: so too. And and quickly glancing over the rest of the AL East, the Blue Jays got uh, George Springer, Kirby Yates, and Tyler Chatwood as um, acquisitions that were pretty notable. Uh, That's going to help them be very competitive. And they're a very, very young team with a lot of potential. I think there's a lot to look at in the AL East in general and just be... You know, kind of fond of and seeing what they're going to be doing, and then capping it off with the Orioles losing Jose Iglesias is not a good move, but they did pick up Freddie Galvez as the replacement shortstop. And funny enough, they picked up old man Felix Hernandez and (laughs) Matt Harvey as well on one year slash minor league contract deals. Now we're going to move on to the NL East. Why don't you start us off? As okay. our residence Mets right. fan about <laughs> what we got going on okay. in that Mets that we haven't already discussed. Right.
1: So obviously we have the Lindor trade, the, the big a big money move for the Mets. Is Uncle Steve's grand entrance trading for, for right. superstar shortstop those, Francisco Lindor.
0: For those of you who don't know, the Mets
1: were bought out by Steve Cohen. A uh, hedge fund managing billionaire. Who yeah. bought out the Wilpons and saved this fan base? I hope. <laughs> I hope. I am cautiously optimistic. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And, but beyond that, they st- the Mets still had a really good offseason. They kept Marcus Stroman on a qualifying offer. He, which I think it's worth noting, he cited Uncle Steve as a reason for staying. As a reason for staying, Trevor May two year deal, pretty mm-hmm. solid signing. Uh, they had, they, signed, they got pitchers galore. Uh, Joey Lucchesi, Jordan Yamamoto, Aaron Loop, Taiwan Walker, Sean Reed, Foley—they—they they are stacking up. Uh, James McCann, which as a fan, a good catcher. Oh my god, a good catcher. Yeah, finally, finally, <laughs> we haven't had a good one since Darno. Like, oh my gosh, finally. I mean, Wilson Ramos was okay, but this is—he's James McCann is like good. Yeah, no, I think James McCann's going to be extremely good
0: for that that offense and for the pitching staff. Um, but I think we have got to talk about all of the rumors. I mean, Steve Cohen comes into office for that team, and all of a sudden, every single player is a met. Every player is a met. <laughs> Everyone is a
1: met. Springer's a body, met. Bauer's yeah. a met, and not not really. Not all of them came down yeah, there. They did with. They did notably with on George Springer and Trevor Bauer, which at one point seemed at one point or another, both of them seemed like sure things. But I feel like that ignores the larger I feel like that's an easy way to deflect from the larger point of the Mets offseason is that oh yeah on the field no they did least, great they did great payroll wise they are not going to be a laughingstock anymore I hope I hope well I
0: mean if you talk yeah. about being a laughing stock I mean it was it will it did have aspects of being a right. Mets offseason right. we still, did there have was the still sexual premium. misconduct yeah. uh, allegations on their GM Jared Porter that offseason and uh you know and Mickey Callaway as well, right. who isn't on the Mets anymore, but was former uh, manager right. for that team, and it, it, it's it's definitely Mets esque. But I think that's a conversation for another yeah. time about these allegations in right. sports in general. It's
1: it's yet yeah, no off season is complete without some traditional metting. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> traditional pretty, metting. Just some traditional metting. Some random BS that's like that distracts from the larger success of the Mets off season. All right, but let's move on to the Phillies. They did re-sign JT Ramuto somehow. And I didn't, I didn't. Where think, is the money I'm, coming from? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like, where is this coming from? I didn't think they would. I, I was yet another name that was linked to the Mets for a while, but it was another uh, big fish whiff, which is okay. I'm, honestly, as a fan, I'm just okay with Lindor. He was at the very top of my wish list as a fan, and they got him. Neither here nor there. They did re-sign Real Muto, so they're keeping. The, so they get to keep. The, they re-signed Didi Gregorius to a two-year deal. They're getting to keep that Murderers Row hitting core around for a bit longer. Uh, they did make some bullpen tweaks. Jose Alvarado, Sam Coonrod, Brandon Kintler... Archie Bradley and Tony Watson and another notable move is gone.
0: We did mention the Phillies previously about how bad that bullpen is so it is important that they yeah. do try to fix that bullpen and try to make that better but they did lose Arietta, but I don't think Arietta had that uh, right. season to talk about really in Philadelphia last...
1: He wasn't... Uh, in 2020. Yeah. He didn't really make any noise but uh-huh. it, so it's not a loss that's felt but I think I think the Phillies will be a little better. Yeah. I don't know if they're a pl- I don't know if they're a playoff team, especially in that division with the Braves and the Mets. But uh-huh. they they and, they should be better. Maybe just maybe they will get over five hundred. And you mention the Mets having a big fish with on
0: G- J T. Realmuto, and I think it's important to address the big fish of this division, which are the Florida Marlins and. Their big acquisition this offseason, not coming in the form of a player, but coming in the form of a general manager hiring in Kim Ong. First woman to be ever hired as a GM and first Asian to be hired as a GM. And it's just huge for baseball, just just breaking barriers such as that. And we're seeing a lot more women in the sport. Uh, San Francisco Giants have a women coach on their coaching staff. And the Red Sox hired a woman coach... um, for a minor league team. And it's just huge to see that coming from coming from the sport after years of not having them in the
1: sport. Right, I agree. I, I don't know why more women haven't been hired in positions like this in baseball, but that's a topic for another episode. That's, right, that's right. a whole and, and other Big Fish discussion. That is a Big Fish discussion. And yeah. in, in
0: talking about the Big Fish that were signed this offseason, it was really just Jesus Aguilar and Garrett Cooper getting right. re-signed deals and Adam Duvall coming in and uh, the, I think the major thing for them, if you're looking at prospects, is the right-hander Dylan Floro coming from the Dodgers uh, as a from a trade deal that was pretty good. But I, t- going from the Marlins, we gotta go go to their their rivals and talk about these Atlanta Braves and what did you see
1: from them? I think the Braves had the Braves didn't have very many moves, but they did the ones <laughs> they did make were pretty impactful. They did bring back Marcelo Zuna on a four-year, sixty-five million dollar deal. And I think the having no DH in the NL caught this year caused some hesitation on that front, but they did still bring him back. He's still a very important power bat that's going to help that core. I think at, they did get Charlie Morton, which was which they did big. get Charlie Morton. They got He's Charlie really Morton. good. Yeah. They got Drew Smiley, I, which are going to be good. That's what they needed. They I mean, needed another. Talk, ar- the Braves needed another yeah, arm. And talk about
0: it. that rotation. I mean, yeah. they're going to get their ace back, Mike right. Soroka. Yep. They're going to have Freed. They're gonna have Charlie Morton and there's another guy that I'm missing out on. That's another really good pitcher right. in that team, but they're gonna be decent. They're gonna be really good, yeah. I think so. And obviously yeah. they played well. They got to the NLCS last yeah. um, off season last or season. last postseason, and yeah. and they're just gonna they're just gonna do it again. Honestly, I don't know if they're <clears> gonna win <throat> out that division with the Mets, and it's gonna be interesting watching those two teams play against each other, especially with the Nationals as well making some right. pretty good acquisitions. Um, Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber to the Nationals, yeah. um, as well Brad as Hand. Brad Hand, John yeah. Lester, and Josh <laughs> Bell. Josh Bell, I think, is going to be really good for them, especially since he's just such a power hitter and a mm. switch hitter at that. Yeah, and I think he's really good. And if they had the universal DH, um, I know that's exactly where they would
1: slide. Oh, him for in sure. I think I think the Nationals had a very slept-on offseason. Kyle Schwarber's good. Brad adding Brad Hand is big. Josh Bell, that's a great trade. Ryan Zimmerman is coming back after an opt out. They signed Sam Clay. Uh, there, uh, the one thing I will knock some points off for the Nationals for was they didn't really get started on a Juan Soto or Trey Turner extension, but they still have, but they still have a bit. I think I, I just think for most teams they should like get in front of their star players before arbitration mm-hmm. and all that. Right, but. Other than that, the Nationals had a pretty solid offseason. It's not it's not an offseason that's going to win any awards, but it was pretty solid. I think I don't think they're going to be as disappointing as they were last season coming off of a World Series win, but they will definitely I think they'll be interesting. I think they have wild card upside for sure. And that caps yeah. it off. That is our takes on the whole
0: MLB offseason. Up to date, there are a few players like Jake Odorizzi that are still out there and are waiting for contracts. Um, but for the most part, most teams are done making moves uh, and we're into spring training now and it's a really exciting time for baseball. In this offseason analysis portion of the podcast, is probably going to be the last time we do one of these big sweeping topics uh, that take over an entire episode. I just think it's so hard to talk about the offseason for every single team um, in just such a short podcast so we wanted to make sure that we were able to cover each team uh cover everything that happened even if teams didn't do much we still wanted to address what happened and with that note we thank you for listening to the two Seamed podcast and if you want to stay up to date with the status of the podcast follow us on twitter at the two Seamed pod and also follow the podcast on spotify if you're in if you enjoyed our personal takes follow us on our respective twitter accounts tyler underscore underscore foy and at lannan underscore nate thank you for listening to the podcast and we look forward to seeing you on monday for episode three of the two scene podcast